insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your fearless host, Mr. Scott Howell, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's show, please help me welcome, he's a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, first team parade All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is bringing the kindness revolution to the Mobile metropolitan area. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you today? Man, I am doing fan super tabulous, and I am proud to be in Mobile, Alabama. Te- quick story before we get started. I'm driving under the tunnel to come through Mobile, and as I come out of the tunnel, as if I'm coming out of the birth canal, I look up into downtown Mobile, and I look over at Miss Kim Haney in the truck, and I say, Man, I feel like I'm home right now. <laughs> Downtown Mobile. Ladies and gentlemen, I am fired up, as you can tell, about this podcast episode today. We are talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and we have one of my bestest friends in the entire world. This is his second appearance. Appearance number two on the Insurance Guys podcast. And before I introduce him, our mission on this podcast is to help you insurance agents in any way we can. I don't care if it's marketing, sales, tips, tricks, digital, accounting, firing, hiring, whatever it is, we want to help. We do not have a hidden agenda. We don't have any ebooks yet. We don't have, we don't have any sponsors. We don't want any sponsors because nowadays what I'm hearing in the, in the world of podcasting is that people are getting tired of turning on a podcast in the first 32 minutes or sponsorship. Somebody wanting you to buy something. But before we get started, let me introduce our wonderful, beautiful, handsome, fabulous, I can't use enough superlatives. Guys, we have on the podcast today not only a noted author, not only a world-renowned business coach, not only a Washington Times contributor, but more importantly than all of that, he is a great American and he's a really good friend of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the other incomparable Mr. Colby Jubinville. How you doing, Colby? Scott, I didn't think you could do the intro better than the first time, but it sounds like you've been on vacation for a couple of days and you're relaxed there and you absolutely killed it. I'm doing great. And, and the tunnel is the birth canal to the greatest city in the world, Mobile, Alabama. And as you know, Mobile, as we discussed, is the one of greatness. So I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today and hope that uh, what we talk about will be valuable to you, your co-host Bradley, and to your audience. So a story on the intro is I was traveling to Vancouver, Canada about a month ago, and we were at, they were traveling back, no, to Vancouver, Canada, Mm -hmm. and we were at the... George Bush Intercontinental Airport, and there's a section in the airport where if you're standing across the room, you may want to know what I'm talking about, Colby. If you're standing across the room, 50 feet away from somebody, you can whisper and they can hear you because the sound echoes. And my, my wife, Laura, was like, let's try this. And so we went over there and she said, say something. And I said, 
insurance agents from around the world. She just rolled her eyes and kept walking. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, today today's episode, let me tell everybody, the 250,000 insurance agents that are actually watching and listening to this today, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about leadership a little bit. And I've had some things happen the last few weeks that have really tested my leadership. And I'm going to tell you guys something right now without, without reading the text messages and the emails, okay? As an insurance agent, one of the things Bradley and I talked about when we started this is we said, you know, we want to, we want to talk about real life examples of things that have happened to us. So Thursday, what's today? Thursday. So this would have been Friday of last week. We had a client in my office call at 5.18 p.m. We close at 5. We're usually there to 5.30 or 6. But that day, everybody was gone when he called. He needed to change out a vehicle. Well, instead of going through the process of calling the company directly, he just left a voicemail. Monday morning, nobody had called him back. Now, guys, if you're an insurance agent, Here's one thing you got to know, and if you've been doing this for more than about two weeks, you will you will know and kind of giggle to yourself a little bit that we all have those clients that are irrational and unreasonable, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I bet, I bet. If anybody's listening to this program right now and they're an insurance agent, they are probably going, "Uh, yeah, we do." And one of the things I try to do is, is on December the 15th of every year, I try to lose five clients. We fire five clients a year based on their, <laughs> based on, based on them wearing our ass out during the year and, and being trouble, what I call trouble children. So it's kind of. You should document that and make like a once a year special out of it. I know, go right? right after Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas. Exactly. Just and, pick, pick 10 or 15 and sit in it. Let, let them watch me just get on the phone and fire people. So we, we fire five people a year on December the 15th and tell them to go that, that we have stopped selling insurance and we're doing something else and they need to go get insurance somewhere else. So Monday morning at 830, this, this person, I'm not going to say whether it was a man or a woman, they call our office and leave a voicemail because we open up at 830. And they start MFing this and MFing that. And y'all are a bunch of MFing idiots and MFing and MFing. You texted me about this. I did because I was ready to go to his house and punch him square in his face as hard as he could, as I could. So, so I get this, I get this text message and, and I hear the voicemail. And of course, today's episode is on leadership. And as insurance agents, there's really about three times that your leadership is tested to the max. Number one, when you have irate clients, and, and how are you going to handle that? Are you going to be a chicken shit and let somebody else handle that for you in your office? Number two is in a tough claim situation. The, the claim has occurred. They are not happy with what has happened. Their house is burned down. Their car is totaled. They are irate, and it is time to step up to the plate and be a leader. Number three is when you hire and then have to fire someone. Are you going to let one, somebody in your office do that because you don't want to be the guy that has to fire somebody? And I can't tell you how many people like this that I know uh, that are insurance agents that let an agency manager fire that person that you spent three months recruiting. Or are you going to step up to the plate and go sit down and have that tough conversation? All of that rolls into the egg roll of leadership. All of that rolls into what kind of leader are you? And if you think... For two seconds, I don't care if you have a $100 million agency or a $300,000 agency. If you don't think your people are sitting there, standing there, watching you when those times happen and how you react and how you respond and what you say or don't say, they are watching. 
And those times are going to test whether your people understand that you are a great leader or whether they think you're a chicken shit that can't handle stuff. And I'm sorry that that's how the world we live in, but it is. Your people will watch how you respond and how you react to those times. Now, today, I wanted to have Kobe on the show. He is actually starting a project on a new novel, a new book that he is he is going to write and is in the process of writing on leadership. And Colby, what I want to do today is let you talk a little bit about how can we all be better leaders? How can insurance agents be better leaders? How does that insurance yep. agency, you know, that principal agent that's always going to have tough situations and tough times come up, how can your book yep. help them be better leaders? Well, I, I think the the picture that you paint is a is a picture that we all face, right? I mean, we live in America, and the one thing we know about Americans is they expect miracles, mm. and they walk they walk around with the specifications in their head about what should or shouldn't be. And so, when I think about what you just described and, and the picture that you painted, it makes me think of uh, Rick Warren. And Rick has a great quote that speaks to leadership and speaks to what I think you're addressing. He said, at some point in your life, you must decide whether you want to impress people or influence people. Mm. You can impress people from a distance, but you must get close to influence them. Mm. And when you do that, they'll be able to see your flaws. Mm. And that's okay. The most essential quality for leadership is not perfection, but credibility. Mm. People must be able to trust you or they won't follow you. How do you build credibility? Not by pretending to be perfect, but by being honest. Mm. And so I think that's where I want to start the conversation today is that here's some simple, that's a powerful quote, and here's some simple ideas for for all insurance guys out there. Here's number one, good leaders make good followers. Mm. And, And that's a real simple idea, but those people are watching you and how you lead them will dictate how they follow you. Here's number two. If we understand that good leaders make good followers, the second thing we have to understand is that good leaders go first. Good leaders go first. And so if you're put in that leadership position, and I, and I define leadership in a couple of ways. I think leadership, I'm very humanistic in the approach that I take mm. because I think we live in a world full of human beings. And that's the greatest gift we have is to connect with other human beings. But I think that the first definition is to affirm and validate worth and potential in other people in such a clear way they can see it for themselves. And so if you're running a business, if you're running an agency, if you're developing people, that's the first thing they have to be able to see is that you have to be able to affirm and validate their worth and potential in them in such a clear way that for the first time they can see it for themselves. Mm. And so the, the second piece of leadership that I think is so important is, and Scott, you do this with other people, but it, it's the truth and it's what we're here put on this earth to do is first you have to find your voice. Leadership to me is about finding your voice, which is the intersection of talent and passion and conscience and need in the world, which is what this podcast for you and Bradley is about, talent, passion, conscience, and need in the world. And once you, once you find your voice, you have an obligation to help other people find their voice. And for you, that voice may be in developing other people. That, may, that voice may be in, in developing how you teach your clients how to protect themselves, how to protect their family, how to protect their assets, how to protect their future. So I think if we'll take those simple ideas about good leaders and make good followers and good leaders go first, and this idea of this humanistic idea of affirming and validating worth potential, and then this whole idea of voice, I think those are powerful ideas that if you just take one and implement them into day-to-day activities of what you do, then you'll see some kind of powerful change 
in your business and your life. When you say good leaders go first, are we talking about going into the breach? You know, into the breach once more. They're 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 going to be the tip of the spear to run into the burning building and not out of it. Is that what you mean by that? Well, you know, I think I would love for you to tell that story about about you and your background of being both in the Marines and and the, your training that you did overseas and the challenge that was put in front of you and what that led to. I mean, I think that good leaders first are vulnerable. Mm. I think that if you really want to get in a boat with somebody, they got to see you for who you really are. Yeah. And so going, going first means to me means, means being vulnerable. Mm. See, here's the thing, man. And you know, this, we just spent a couple of days together. You know, this, most people waste their time talking about using the political framework and political framework is, I'm going to say what I think you want me to say so I can get the outcome that I think you want me to get. And that's not the way it works. Vulnerability-based trust is I'm going to let the best idea win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and so, good it's leaders so fu- understand. It, it, yeah, it's so funny that you're yeah. bringing it's, it's so funny you're bringing up these topics because here's a couple of the first things that I had written on my page today, okay? This follows in line with what you just talked about. Number one, a good leader says when they're wrong, okay? And is willing to change course, right? A couple of other yeah. things yeah. I had written up at the top of the page. I think great leaders have a lot of self-awareness and understanding what they do well and what they don't do well. And I think great leaders have both empathy and the ability to juggle or balance ego versus humility. Okay. And and that's a Gary that, that, that's out of the Gary Vaynerchuk playbook right there, guys. Ego versus humility, okay. I thought this yesterday, but I've I've had a chance to think about it, and now I think this today. You've got to be able to change course, and you've got to be able to say when you're wrong. And I think that kind of falls in line with a little bit of what you're talking about right now. Yeah, there's absolutely. And these ideas that we continue to talk about, I mean, if you go back to Collins and Good to Great, he talks about level five leadership. Mm. And he looks at those companies that move from, from being good to great, and he says that the enemy of of great is good. And mm. he says that the level five leader has this strange paradox of humility and will. And when I meet somebody like yourself for the first time, I think to myself, this guy has this strange paradox. And, and a paradox is is these two forces that seem to be at odd, but in reality are things that when they're brought together, create synergistic change and right. synergistic forces. And, and so this strange paradox of humility and will. Mm. If you look at the companies that are considered great companies, that's what level five leaders did. They mm. had that paradox of humility and will. Absolutely. So guys, I, I've actually, and we can kind of talk three of these as we go. I wrote down, I wrote down about six things that I think leadership you've got to, in terms of being an insurance agent. And I think in most businesses as well, you've got to have these six things that I wanted to kind of bring up. And as we go through them, Colby and I can kind of talk a little bit about them. Number one, and this is kind of a, this is a heading here. I think as a great leader, I think you have to live and think like a leader. I don't think, and you talk a lot about paradox. I don't know that you can be a great leader during the day and then at night be doing things that don't equal being a great leader. Whether that's, you know, partying, whether that's going out with agents that are in your office and and showing a different side of yourself that does not equal great leadership, whatever that may be. And I'll leave that out to people to kind of fill in the blanks there. I don't believe that you can live 
I think you have to live and you have to think like a leader. And that to me isn't even one of my points. That's just the, the damn header of what we're talking about right now. You cannot be a great leader and talk about it and not live it. Kim's over here saying, amen, brother, preach, preach. But number one, number one, after the heading, do what you say you're going to do. And since I've been in the insurance business for 472 years, I would say among associate agents that that is the one thing when people come to me asking if, and I had somebody call me last week wanting to come to work with me. And every single time I have one of those phone calls, it's the guy that I'm working with or the guy or girl that I work for doesn't do what they say they're going to do. And um, when you start making promises on the front end and then that person follows through and does what you've asked them to do, you cannot have amnesia. You can't say, well, that, that ain't what we agreed to or I don't remember us talking about that. That is the number one rule that I see of people calling my agency wanting to come to work is this agent that I'm working for right now doesn't do what they say they're going to do. Not yeah. great, not great yeah. leadership. <laughs> and, and there's a caveat to that. I mean, we're talking about human beings and all of us are infallible, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us make mistakes. And so the follow-up to that is do what you say you're going to do. And here's the, here's the second piece to that. If you can't explain why, exactly. if you can't explain why. And so, I think we all live in this world of, we judge other people by their intentions. And so if they say they're going to do it and they don't do it, then, then the detractors are like, oh man, see, I told you I was going to do it. And so Dan Sullivan did a study on top performers. He defined top performers as people that made $100,000 or more. And he said they all did four things. They, they showed up on time. They did what they said they were going to do. If they can't, they explained why and they used their manners. Mm. And so I think part of what you're talking about there is those four things. If you, you show up on time, you do what you say you're going to do. And, and here's the key piece. If you can't, you got to explain why. And then not only explain why, I think you have to explain, and, and here's how we're going to move forward. To me, that's a big piece of leadership for sure. Absolutely. I read somewhere one time, and I may brutalize this quote, but I think it was, we judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our best intentions. Mm, that's good. That is that is right. I'm, pro- right. I'm probably I'm probably Scott Howell quote. I, well, no, I read it somewhere. I, I'm gonna probably get that tattooed across my chest in old English three inch letters you next just, week. You could just be like Grant Cardone and, <laughs> and say that you said it and say that that's a Scott Howell quote. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Mm. Okay, number two, guys, you got to be able to have hard conversations. Kobe, I love this. I have watched your intro on your website like seven times. I'm like that ex girlfriend you can't get rid of. You know, she's stalking you all the time and leave. I'm that guy. No, so I, I watch we're still your, dating. we're still dating. Okay. We're still dating, so keep going. <laughs> I watch your intro about every day on your website. What Just, is it? It's, what it's is it? D- Dr. Colby Jubinville.com. I believe. Is I mean, that what's right? What's the intro? Well, that's just Dr. Jubinville.com. I think Bradley's about to go watch it while we're on the podcast. <laughs> so on your intro, and I love this so much, but there is a very short frame of about 15 seconds when you talk about the three things you learn from coaches. You know what I'm talking about right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, go, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Th- throw that on me real quick because I love this so much, and yeah. I, think it, I think it speaks to leadership. I really do. Well, I, I was probably one of the worst students to ever go to the womb of greatness down in Mobile, St. Paul's High School. And so um, I accepted uh, the 2015 Distinguished Alumni Award there uh, a couple of years back. And while I thanked everybody in the room, those coaches that had such, such a powerful impact on me were all still there. And so I said, you know, when I look back on my life, 
and I look back on the people that had the greatest impact on me, the most significance. Mm. It was the it was the coaches I had in my life, and great coaches to me, Scott, did three things. Here's number one: mm. they made me have conversations I didn't want to have. Mm. And here's number two: they made me do things I didn't think I could do to ultimately become number three, something I didn't think I could become. Mm. And so I think that we live today, and in my book Zebras and Cheetahs, my first book, I, I talk about this idea. I think we live in this coaching revolution that says you either you are a coach, you have a coach, or you don't want to be coached. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to be coached, you're going to be left behind. And it makes me think of Bob Rutledge, who is now now passed away. And Bob was legendary uh, Mobile High School football coach. And he came back over and took the program over back in, in Mobile and uh, St. Paul's in my senior year. And, and we lost to UMS. And this is painful for me to even say it. But mm-hmm. we lost to UMS. We lost to them every year. And I got on the bus and I started crying. I was on the bus crying my senior year. I think we lost like 17 to 6. And and he came over there and he pulled me up by my neck and he said, he said, boy, you better stop that crying. He said, because I didn't prepare you and you didn't prepare yourself. Mm. That's the reason we lost. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll never forget that, that idea of if you show up, you better damn show up prepared. Because if not, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Mm-hmm. And that was a powerful moment for me that, that I learned from Bob Rutgers down at St. Paul's and Mobile. Colby, we have a national audience, so give some names of some of the famous alumni from St. Paul School. The womb. Oh. By, by the way, folks, if you if you couldn't understand what Colby said, let me go ahead and say it again. <laughs> Colby hails from the womb of greatness, which might be the greatest line I've ever heard in my entire life. Go ahead. <laughs> well, say Scott and I and Kim laughed about this over the last couple of days, but you know, when we were at St. Paul's, we went two and eight, I think, my junior year, and we beat both the Christian schools, which is Bradley Christian and Mobile Christian. But, you know, today we graduate people like uh, A.J., uh, McCarran, Jake Coker, Mark Barron, Trey Williams. I mean, you know, the, the, the premier athletes at uh, national championship programs and top SEC schools. Mm. So um, it's fun to come home. It's fun to be a part of that. St. Paul's was a special place that that truly, I think, taught leadership capacity in a way that, that very few others could. Trad Patterson is my good friend and he runs he runs Wilmer Hall, which is this orphanage down there in Mobile. About and about um, half a mile from where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Pratt's a good friend and, and I was talking he went to UMS and, and I said to him, I said, I'm so sorry. He goes, Yeah, I'm so sorry that I went there as well. And I said, I'm sorry you couldn't go to a place like St. Paul's. I said, What do you what do you think the biggest difference is? And this is powerful for the UMS guy to say this. He said, you know, they're state champions in football and basketball and all these all these other sports, but they're also state champions in compassion. Mm. And, and I think I, I really believe this. I really believe this. You can only, if you want to be a leader, you can only develop people as far as they trust you. Mm. And so if you look at the great coaches that have gone in and built programs that have been successful early on, what they did is create trust within a player to player, player to coach, coach to coach, coach to administrator. And that's such a great idea to understand. You can only develop people as far as they trust you. If they don't trust you, they will not get in the boat with you. And so I, I know we talked about this a little bit last time, but I think it's such a great point to leadership is if we if we believe that trust is so important, then you know what is the foundation of trust? And, and the foundation of trust is safety. Mm-hmm. And, and safety and, and businesses, am I known? Am I heard? Am I valued? Am I important? 
does my opinion matter? So there's a great takeaway for your audience. If they really want to build trust with that client, it's having that conversation of, hey, it's really important that you're known, heard, valued. We feel like you're, you feel like you're important and your opinion matters. And, and to unpack that with them, to understand exactly what they want in a relationship. I completely agree. Now, I'm going to run down a few more bullet points here. So number two. You love bullet points. I do love bullet points. That's, that's the only way I can learn. So number two, you got to be able to have tough conversations, guys. You got to be able to have them with your family. You've got to be able to handle, and when I say family, I mean both your insurance family and your family family. You've got underwriters or family too. Underwriters or family too. You got to be able to have tough conversations with them. You've got to be able to have tough conversations with your clients. I would say that for somebody that's passive aggressive, and and let me say this too about leadership. If you're unwilling to have tough conversations, here's what happens, guys. Let me go ahead and just lay this out here for you. When you're passive aggressive, whether it's with your employees, whether it's with your clients, whether it's with your family, and you don't have those tough conversations and things start building up and they build up and they build up, then finally, when you end up having a conversation, it's about a hundred times worse than it would have been if you would have just nipped it in the bud and had that conversation two, three, four months earlier. Swallow the frog. Absolutely. So number three, run into burning buildings, guys. You better put your firefighter outfit on. Once you get past about half a million dollars in premium and you start building an agency of some size and you start having clients and fires and car wrecks and billing accounts getting screwed up, you better be willing to run into burning buildings. And if you can't run into burning buildings, then you better figure out how to start running into burning buildings because once you get up to five, ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars, every week's a problem. Everybody's got a problem, and they all want to talk to you. You better be willing to do that, unless you have an agency manager that is just out of this world fantastic. And even then, I would probably be the ejection handle, meaning agency manager gets a hold of somebody and they are still irate. I would have him pull the ejection handle and call me and say, "Hey, this guy's still pissed off. You need to call him, Scott." <laughs> So ejection handle, even if you're a hundred million dollar agency and you've got the agency manager of the decade working for you, you better have an ejection handle. Uh, number four, get into the boat with your clients and employees. I learned that from the gentleman that's on this podcast right here, get in the boat with them. Okay. Get to know people on a personal level. I can promise you one thing, whatever tough conversation you've got to have, if you know that person on an intimate level, it's going to go a whole lot easier than if you don't. Truth or not truth, Kobe? That is absolute truth. Every problem in any organization is a leadership problem. Absolutely. And, and once, you subscri- once you subscribe to the idea that here's what we know about leaders, they get paid to do two things, solve problems and make decisions. That's right. If you can't lead, you, you ain't gonna be, you're not going to be a leader. So once you understand that you're there to solve problems and make decisions, then the next thing you have to understand is that you're judged on results. Mm-hmm. And those, those results are going to define whether you move up, down, or stay right where you are. And so that is a great takeaway for your audience, that you got to solve problems and make decisions. That's what you get paid to do. Those define the results that you create for yourself and your organization. Those results define whether you move up, down, or stay right where you are. Exactly. So number five, got to be willing to take a bullet for your people instead of playing the blame game. I cannot tell you how many people in my life, personal and business, their favorite board game to play is they go home, they take, they, they reach in and they pull out, 
They they bypass Monopoly. They bypass Candyland. They bypass Battleship, and they pull out the board game that we all know and love called the Blame Game. I would say seven out of ten people I know absolutely love to play the blame game. Who's responsible? Whose fault is it? Somebody's got to pay for this. Somebody's going to have to do I would say seven out of ten people I know's favorite board game is the blame game. And so as a leader, if you want to be a great leader, people, let me let you in on a little clue, okay? I wish I could tattoo this on my chest as well. Everything is your fault. Everything. Everything in my agency is my fault. If it doesn't go well, if if a billing account gets screwed up, if somebody in my staff or my employees makes a mistake, it's not their fault. It's my fault. I didn't train them well enough. I didn't give them the tools that they needed to succeed. Guys, everything that happens in your insurance agency is your fault. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we can't go home and play the blame game. But you're going to have to stop playing it, and you're going to have to start taking responsibility for every single thing that goes on in your agency. Well, leaders understand two things. Here's number one, you got to face the brutal facts. Yep. And here's number number two, you got to do an autopsy without blame. Mm. If you really want, if you really want to leave, and that's just where we're at. Period. End of sentence. I don't even think I need to say anything else about that, guys. Here, here's the deal. You know, I've brought up some bullet points here, Colby. I want you to know how much I appreciate you being on this podcast. I guess I would like to know as a final question for you today before I let you go. When you think back to the leaders that you've had in your life, mentors, leaders, both personal and business, who can you think of that just truly exemplified a great leader in your life? So I'll leave you with this. I don't call Mobile a place I visit. I call Mobile home. Mm. All right. And so Charlie Miller was the head football coach at St. Paul's, and, and I was the water boy starting in second grade. And all those guys threw their helmets at me, their pads at me. and I worked all the way up to playing in seventh and eighth grade and ninth grade and finally started my sophomore year. And we lost to W.S. Neal. We lost to W.S. Neal my sophomore, junior year in the last like three minutes because I tried to go and block a punt. And uh, I was a sophomore because I'll never forget what he said. But he put his arm around me and he said, hey, hey, Colster, you know what the great thing about being a sophomore is? <laughs> I'm crying. He said, no, sir. He goes, well, you get to be a junior. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I think you know. I think that those those leaders that know how to step in and lean into you mm-hmm. and give you that feedback is where we learn the most. And what he was saying to me was, "You shouldn't have gone and blocked that punt. We would have won the game." Right. You know, and and so and so I, I think that that those leaders that have the ability to step into somebody else and engage them, engage that, engage that follower in a way that shows them that empathy. Mm. But at the same time, shows them about feedback is where you learn the most is a, is a great combination of, of how people want to be lead, led today. If you look at the, you know, the World War II era of leadership, which is what most leadership books, you know, were born out of, mm-hmm. the, they ask all those people, and we had this conversation, but they asked all those guys, they said, hey, why'd you do it? Was it because of your country? Was it because of uh, the fact that you love democracy, was it because of your commanding officer told you to do it? And, and they said no to all that. They said the reason that I did that, the reason that I jumped out of that plane, that I jumped out of that vehicle, that I jumped into action was because of the guy in front of me. Right. And so I think if, if you understand that leadership starts with accountability and being accountable to others, 
and how you build that in a purposeful way. And that's what Coach Miller was saying to me. Kobe, you got to be accountable to the team. You can't go and block the punt to get the glory. You got to, you got to do the whole thing for the, for, do it for everybody. And, and that's such a powerful moment. So Charlie Miller down in Mobile, Alabama at St. Paul's changed my life in powerful ways. I love it. Guys, I just want to tell everybody, work on your leadership skills. You know, you want to listen to some podcasts on leadership. Jocko Willick, SEAL Team Commander in Ramali, listen to some of his stuff. He, he talks a lot about leadership. Think back to guys and men and women that you had in your life that were great leaders. I'm telling you right now, you got to live and think like a leader if you're going to be one. And, and it's hard to lay out with the chickens until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and get up and go be a leader every day. You can't do it. And you can't do it by not doing what you say you're going to do uh, as an insurance agent. And so, um, Bradley, before before I let you go, let me say this. Um, guys, I say this every podcast. Get your ass out there and go sell some insurance today. Go do it for your family. Go make money for your family. Go help people. Go serve others. Go serve your employees. Go serve your clients Listen to what they have to say. Think of ways that you can be helping them instead of worrying about how much damn commission you're going to make today off a sale. The insurance gods will not smile down on you if that's what you're doing. Go make money for you and your family. Go write good business for the insurance agency that you represent. Go write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers and Kobe Jubinville, I love both of you guys. Love you too. Hey, I love you, brother. All right. See y'all appreciate later. Appreciate you. Appreciate, appreciate what you do. Y'all have a good day. Take you care. You too. Hey, and insurance agents around the world, you are listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.